Hi everyone, welcome back to the Chris Ward podcast. I've got a guest today called Paul Rob. Now in this episode, we get raw. We get into a live discussion about men's mental health, the stigma behind it, and just what we can do as both men and women to help end that stigma of men not being supported by one another. So this is probably the first episode where I've been both speechless and quite exposed to be honest. So I enjoy recording this, so I hope you enjoy listening to it. If someone needs to hear this episode, then please do share it. Please do send them a link or share it on your story. I hope this helps people. I hope this gives you know men and women a bit of an inkling on how to reach out. And I hope it does happen as well. Not just spoken about, but actually doing it too. So without any favour ado, let's get into it. Paul Welcome to the Chris Wall podcast, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I was, I was excited the other day on the phone because we spoke off air, didn't we, about like the topic of conversations and we had a little bit of a, a chit chat and we haven't actually met officially in person. I've seen you in the gym before, but I've not actually spoke to you in person. So no, just for the listeners' sake, um, who is who is Paul Robb and... Uh, yeah, give it, give us your story, man. Uh, well, we'd need to do a, a series of podcasts for the the story, I think. But um, <laughs> I am um, my name's Paul. I am twenty seven years old, and for you know most of that those twenty seven years, I'd probably say a good twenty three, twenty four of those, um, I've been really deeply unhappy. Um, with life so it's you know it's it's made me a really big mental health advocate because it's something I've struggled with for for a large part of my life Um, and that that's led me on to you know becoming a a personal trainer and and a coach in 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 my own right to to help people with with their life basically Um, and you know over the last few years you know, I'm a PT, but you know, I, I kind of just see myself as like a problem solver and just helping people with what, whatever it is that they need um, with their life, basically. So that that's me in a, in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah, that's what you said there, problem solver. I think mm. if there's any coaches listening to this, I think they're like, yeah, <laughs> problem solvers. We, we solve problems. That's, that's yeah. what we do. That's what we love doing. Um, yeah. for, for people who, because I can't help but think like, Obviously, there's people who up there who think, "Oh, what he got to to upset about, or what what he's struggling with, or you know, yeah. to, to say the least." Like, I think you said this as well. Like, we we are privileged. Absolutely, you know, we come from a, a privileged background. This day and age, we are privileged. So, I wanna I wanna head a little bit deeper into what we're chatting about and also your your past story and um, i think yeah. it's a quite a raw topic to to discuss so again feel free to share anything that you feel comfortable sharing and um, obviously if you don't feel comfortable then absolutely not but yeah t- tell us about the the quote-unquote old paul um, and what was your story behind being dependent on like alcohol and stuff and the story on that yeah so um <clears throat> Basically, for, for, for most of my life, I've been, been very unhappy um, with life in general, but not really knowing what's wrong. Um, 
which is, you know, is, is crazy. There have been, you know, um, events in my life that um, have been, you know, uncomfortable and difficult to deal with. And they mainly like came to a head um, a few years ago. So we're on, what year are we on? So it'll be six years ago next month, my, my dad died um, just all of a sudden. You know, nothing, oh. no underlying conditions, just woke up middle of the night, had a heart attack, um, done, gone. So um, obviously that was very, very difficult to deal with in and of itself, just that in isolation. But, but what that meant for me really was that was the catalyst for any emotional problem that I'd ever had to to rear its head and, and and scream you know deal with me um and mm. it, it felt like very much the first time that i felt like wow you know things need to be dealt with and processed here mm. and pre all of that so you know up my life up to that point had been don't worry about it get on with it just just deal with it ignore it i don't give a shit it was very much a and that was very much a big you know, mask, a big disguise that yeah. I put this persona out there. And like, you know, up until that point, you wouldn't have known I wasn't unhappy. Like, it was not something that I shown. People are good at hiding, though, aren't they? They're really good at hiding, you know, their so, own So, so good stuff. at hiding. Hmm. Like, it, it is crazy to think that. So even after this point where uh, my dad had passed away and, and that really started the sort of deep, deep... Um, the depression that I went into from that and, you know, started abusing alcohol. Well, before, before that I'd actually been abusing alcohol, but just not to the same extent. Yeah. And, uh, before, before my, uh, before my dad passed away, it, it was very much any sort of problem that I had. I made it not into not a problem. And I just put this this face out there that was like, well, nothing can affect me and bother me. And no one knew about any of it. And like we said, there are people being good at hiding things. Then when I was in the sort of uh, deepest depression that I'd been in, you wouldn't have known. You, you would not have known that, that that's what was going on mm. at all. Like every day I was just showing up to work with, with a smile. Um, you know, in, in to some degree, like, uh, I'm a pretty, pretty private, pretty, pretty quiet guy, but you wouldn't have known then that, that I was in the middle of probably the most unhappy, darkest part of, of my life, if you like, where I was using alcohol to, to, you know, give me something, uh, yeah. because I felt like there was nothing there. I had no meaning to my life and it was just dark and, and and a horrible way to live, really. Yeah, like, and with that comes obviously other complications and problems. Like when you depend on like alcohol, for example, you make people close to your distance, and it becomes it, it stems, in my opinion. Um, but with that, I think what you said there, like you put on a straight face and. You know, for the outside world, it was unknown. So I think this is um, one quite scary, but two even more necessary for what we're doing now. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the most important things that we can do is is talk, and not necessarily just 
you know, let's, uh, you know, that doesn't mean oh, let's just share our problems all over the place and, you know, make, make our problems known to every person that we come across. But, you know, for me, no one knew and, and I didn't show anyone. And you mentioned there, you know, becoming distant, like I didn't have sort of anyone close around me that I was comfortable with sharing any of what I felt. And that was, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the fault of anyone's, but, but mine, like I chose that. And that's a big thing that I think people need to understand is that, you know, for your friends, for your family, for people who are, people who are struggling, like it's not your responsibility to try and, you know, save them or, or care for them. That person who's suffering, they are intentionally pulling away. They're intentionally um, hiding because they don't feel comfortable. And the answer is, is not so simple as uh, just tell me how you feel. Just tell me you're okay. I want to help. It's not as simple as that. And it, it goes far beyond that simple question of, are you okay? Because, and, and I know that's a big, a big one in across social media and the news right now and you know people especially you know since we've been in this lockdown situation yeah. and corona has been about it so we, you know i've heard quite a lot you check in on your mates make sure they're okay ask twice and i tell you now you'd asked me twice a few years ago you'd have got the same answer twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm fine but i think it's, it's one thing to, to say that and to try and promote it but it's another thing to actually fucking do it um, and i think everyone should one say it more and two actually fucking do it like just even a random fucking text yeah and you know i mean but the point i was trying to make with that is that it, it takes so much more for that person who's struggling who's suffering to be comfortable with actually voicing um their feelings after that question's been asked you could ask yeah. that question a thousand times and and still get the same response that I'm fine, don't worry about it, whatever it is. When really there's something, you know, uh, really wrong going on with that with that individual. And I think we really need to, to start thinking and educating ourselves, uh, especially, you know, if there's, if there's people, you know, listening that, you know, have never really struggled with the mental health. And I think in this day and age, that, that's going to be, uh, you know, not, not that many people, it seems to me that, you know, a lot of uh, a lot a lot of people are, or have done, struggled with the mental health in some way, and I think it, it takes a lot for for those individuals and for just everyone really to educate themselves on an individual basis on the way or the extremes that that people can feel and what their behaviour might mean. So, you know, me. Um, act in a certain way or using certain words, certain language, what that might actually mean to be able to identify things sooner in order to you know, check, up, check up on people uh, in more depth instead of taking things at face value. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I want to I talk about what you posted the other day on Facebook. It was like five days ago. And mm -hmm. that's what sparked that conversation of us two having a chat. Yeah. Um, it's what let's normalize talking like you just said there let's let's start normalizing mm -hmm. let's start doing it more and taking action and mm -hmm. i want to i want to chat about um it was, it was that night where 
you woke up after a, a blacking out and surrounded oh, yeah. by high vis vests. Yeah, so um, so in in the sort of the height of my uh, relationship with alcohol, should we call it, uh, my alcohol abuse was, you know, I, I used to drink um, 12, 12 times the recommended amount um, for uh, a weekly um, adult in two days, basically. So, wow. um, so you know, I used to consume a lot of alcohol at the weekends, and and that was the purpose for me was to go and, and drink. It wasn't to socialize. It wasn't to you know, um, you know, I wasn't out on the pool. I wasn't trying to go for a you know a boogie. I was literally just there to get hammered and. Um, yeah. And you, there was, you know, it turned into, you know, most most sort of times I had blackouts. I had no memory of, of what had happened. I would pass out. And on one particular um, winter evening, I woke up after being out in a, um, for the night, you know, probably about 20 feet maybe so so um, outside a, a nightclub. Uh, and I basically... I don't remember, but, but I woke up. Uh, so I'd obviously I'd passed out, and I woke up, and I was in a you know pair of jeans, shoes, and a shirt, and a short sleeve shirt. And the weather at that point in the year was probably about you know it was a, it was minus and you know maybe you know minus two, minus three, something like that. So you know it wasn't like it wasn't a storm, we're not in a blizzard, but it was pretty cold to be just sat down. Yeah. Um, and I woke up and I've never known cold like it and I don't like the cold I hate the cold with a passion and I woke up and all I, I knew was oh my god I'm so cold and I was just all I could see was yellow um, high visibility jackets and basically um, I'd been wrapped in a in a heat blanket in one of those foil, foil blankets safety blankets um, to you know keep me warm to some degree and these um, good Samaritans were basically just looking after me uh, wow. and they managed to um, get me back to, I was in the forces at the time, they managed to get me back to um, the forces base where I was stationed uh, safely um, and I'm pretty sure the, um, the police that were on camp managed to get me back to my accommodation um, mm safely so you know that could have ended up you know i don't know i don't know how long i was there that could have ended up um you know really really bad and it was only off the back of that that i actually realized maybe i've got a problem with with alcohol wow i do what i think it's it's obviously normal saying that okay it's, it's something you realize it's a problem but it's people who don't do nothing about it and what what i what i love about yourself is you realised and you then took action to say, okay, let's let's do something about it. Let's see someone. And this this is the part where I'm excited to talk about um, because at this day and age, it's more common, but there is still people out there who could do with this and not just know about it, but know how to actually do it. Mm -hmm. um, so we're talking about therapy. Okay, yeah. So we're lucky to obviously be joined by yourself and... Mm -hmm you've you don't mind me saying you've just come back from uh, a therapy session so i want to talk yeah. about when you first like 
first thought, I need to go to therapy. And then what did you actually do? Because there's people who think they need to go, mm-hmm. but they don't know, know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> funnily, funnily, funnily enough, at that time that that those um, that, that happened where I woke up, I was in therapy. <laughs> I was wow. actually I was actually in the middle of therapy and and that's how I knew how much I was drinking because I had to report back to my therapist at the time my my alcohol consumption. Um, and it was only so I didn't come to this conclusion that I had a problem by myself. It was actually in therapy talking about it. Um, and the experience that I've just had that, that made me realize that yeah. and I've got a stress. I only thought that I might have a problem. I wasn't still convinced at that point, even after that had happened. So obviously me telling you that you're like, well, fucking no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> no shit. There's a problem there. But at that time in my life, I still wasn't completely convinced. That was How only old just then? How old was you then? Was your early twenties or? Yeah, I was, I would have been, I would have been 22, 23, something like that. Oh, madness. So, but when, when did you first realise, like, before, rewind to actually go into the first type of session before that. Okay. When did you actually so, realise that you should go? So, I didn't. I was forced to go. Um, okay, well. Through, um, through the forces, um, because my dad had just passed away. I was kind of ushered into uh, taking some therapy because I was going through a bereavement. Yeah. And which, you know, looking looking back on now, I'm, I'm grateful for, but at the time, like, you know, I wasn't interested in. Uh, so this is where I've come like 180 now, where I've gone back to therapy last year uh, to, you know, voluntary. You know, it was my idea going for, going into it from a good place. And this is where we were talking about, um, you know, when we were off, off air, where we were talking yeah. about the different different types of therapy. So, um, like back then, I was in therapy to cope. So I was I was in therapy to, to just cope with the situation that I was dealing with. Whereas now I'm in therapy to learn to educate myself about me and to help me move forward. Now there was no way that back then when I was going through what I was that that therapy was going to be anything for me but but coping because I wasn't even open to it to begin with and and it's you know it's crazy for me to look back on that and think oh wow like in hindsight look at all this shit all these problems and therapy for me then was probably the first step I'd ever made towards any type of uh, openness so it was so needed at that time that I it just started the ball rolling that you know what I can talk which was so bizarre like it's such a bizarre concept to me now that someone might feel and this was some, this someone was me so that mm-hmm. someone might feel that they're not allowed to or you know they're, they're, it's so wrong to, to share or it would be so bad the outcomes of sharing thoughts yeah. and feelings would be so bad that it just didn't happen. Yeah, I, th- I think as well, like this, this blends in perfectly with my next topic. I, I've written it down, but they even need to look at the notes because it just blends so well about 
the whole stigma behind men and actually do talk about things like emotions and how you feel and stuff. Like you were saying there, you um you had no idea before that that you were susceptible to this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we spoke as well, didn't we, about um men being like, you know, even such things as like men speaking to other men and getting support from them. Um yeah. to you know, to, to chat about things and even like the perception of men being having to be strong all the time and these like, you know, heartless bastards. But it's a false perception. Absolutely. Like, and and the thing is that how this has come to be the case is that we've got this other um, person in our life called women. And they've been emotionally supporting us men for centuries uh, without, without us having to do a single thing. We have not had to lift our um, emotional finger out of our ass, basically. You know, we have, we have not had to do a single thing in terms of our emotional well-being because women have took care of us. And we're just reaching a point in, in you know, our our society and culture and, and the, you know, the world of today where it's just not enough. Like there's too many people now that we need to start doing this work as well. You know, life is, you know, very different to how it used to be, you know, and in a lot of cases for the better, but it's not as, you know, it used to be much simpler. We didn't have all the, the tools at our disposal. We weren't exposed to most of the things in the world that we are now. Yeah. And, you know, it's time now that we need to we need to start doing the work a little bit because you know it just goes to show with the stats that uh, are about with um, male suicide and suicide in general. Uh, so you know, suicide being you know the biggest killer of men under uh, fifty five, I think it is. Yeah, something's something like something's going wrong. Is it like seventy five percent of all? All UK males. Something is definitely wrong with how we are. If that's what, if that's the evidence, yeah. you know, yeah. we're acting or behaving as, you know, whatever it is we're doing, it's fucking wrong because people are killing themselves. People are deciding that I've had enough. Yeah, and there's no way out. And, mm. and you know, I think something seriously needs to change, or it's just going to carry on. And you know, women can't help us anymore. We've got to do this, you know, this has yeah. got to be an internal job. We've got to do this ourselves. And, you know, it's all well and good that, you know, we're teaching our kids, you know, we're teaching children to be, um, you know, more acceptable, more emotional, to, to regulate their feelings and stuff like that. That's fantastic. I think it's great. And I think we need to continue doing that. And I think there's so much more that needs to happen with you know, the education system and, and, and things changing there. But what about us? Like, you know, what about me now? Like, you know, it, it's my responsibility to look after me. You know, I'm not, I'm not a child anymore. I need to look after me now. So on an individual level, we need to educate ourselves about, you know, how we need to emotionally support ourselves and each other as well. Yeah, like even even that concept of, of support on each other, like I remember we spoke as well off air about me um it was 
hopefully there's there's more than me myself supporting that post you've done. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. link it to the, to the show notes. But how how many males like reached out or supported? So, um, like I said uh, when we spoke, like I'm I'm not gonna say it, it definitely was only you, but from the top of my head, without getting the post up, like I think it you were the only male that that showed me some support from that post and. Previous to that, like I think it may have been the day before or the day before that, I shared something on my social media, on my, my Instagram story that I'd never shared outside of maybe one or two people. Um, and that was that I'd been a victim of sexual assault. And, wow. and, and when I shared that, mm-hmm. not a single man, not a single male who who's seen that, said anything to me and I had, I had tons of support from women right and, and that's that's fantastic and uh, but not a single pet not a single man turned around and said oh you know like i'm sorry you experienced that or holy you know, shit i'm speechless of that yeah and like no one said anything and i think that's the sad state that we're in that like men aren't even comfortable showing support to each other no, I think that I think yeah, I think that's really something that we should de- definitely. I'm, I, I'm, I'm spe- at the first time on podcast I've been speechless. Yeah, and wow. you know, like um, we we also spoke the other day uh, about like the language that we use between between each other, and I said, uh, <clears throat> I mentioned about even now, even like you know me speaking about all this, me being an advocate of men sharing and talking, support each other. Like, I still feel weird putting, like, you know, a heart emoji on the end of a message to a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, you know, because it shows some sort of emotion. Compassion. or Yeah, yeah. compassion. And it's like, well, you know, the, the sort of, you know, my immediate thought to that is like, oh, well, I don't want him to take that the wrong way. And, you know, going a level deeper that to then that is, I don't want to show that, you know, like I'm trying to come on to him or or anything like that. And then it's going deeper than that and going, well, if if he took it that way, then he would maybe think that I, you know, I'm gay or something like that. And then in a, another level deeper, it's like, why would that be a problem? Exactly. Anyway? Why is that wrong anyway? Yeah. And exactly. you know, basically we're, what what's happening is we're we're relating these emotions and feelings that we all have as, as some type of like feminine. Or, 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 you know, like gay quality, which, you know, it, it's not, we're just humans. And it's, it, you know, taking it even further than that, like though that wouldn't be a problem anyway. Like, yeah. you know, that wouldn't be a problem, but, you know, in our entire upbringing, our entire language is designed around us as males being better than, or, or more than other genders or sexualities. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very old world thinking, isn't it? Like, even even with the whole concept of of men having to like man up and things like that, like that, like even that saying man up. Yeah. Now, there's two two ways to take that. Like, one is out of context, obviously. Of course. If it's like you can say it's like your mates or whichever. Yeah. In you know your close mates, but you can say mm-hmm. it as in a you know fucking man up, will you? That's yeah. that's so fucking damaging. I think yeah. that's where it's all come from is to men's got to be like, you know, strong, emotionless. Yeah. And it's not the case. Like, 
I think that is a big catalyst for, for men not supporting each other. I think it's fucking wrong. Definitely. And, you know, we look at that, we look at that and we can look at uh, what's the opposite to that man up saying is, is, you know, don't be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> don't act like a girl about it or, or, you know, words to that effect. And essentially what we're saying in, in those sayings is to be a, a girl, to be feminine about it is a less bad than. quality, is, is bad, mm. it's less than, and we are more than and strong. Um, and but basically, you know, we're programmed to feel and think and be entitled to um, everything needs to be okay all of the time because we're strong and can deal with it all. And it's like, well, actually, no, the reality is everyone's a human being with human traits and we all have uh, thoughts, feelings and emotions. And basically we're denying them and repressing them most of our life and then we have a, a problem come up and you know in, in my case one of the biggest ones being you know uh, my my dad dying and it's like well shit how do i even you know deal with any of that yeah and, and the, the 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 obvious uh, answer was i didn't like I, you know it wasn't like I, I figured it out then like i just didn't and i just started drinking um, yeah it's that's what I was shown was that's how you, you deal with things. And yeah. you know, other people are shown are shown other things and how to deal with it. It's through, you know, you know, people growing up in in dysfunctional families, it's shown to to have an argument, to show anger, to show all these other all these other things and put it onto another person and project it. And you know, essentially we're doing it wrong. Mm. Yeah, and, I, I agree. I agree. And that's one of the biggest things that, that I've taken from my own personal journey is it's not taking things personally and being open to being wrong, being open to that, you know, I've been wrong the way I've been doing things. And I don't want to do that anymore because I've been, it, that what I was doing led me to unhappiness. So why would I keep banging my head against that same wall going, I hope it changes. I hope it changes when it's not going to. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it. You know, this is quite like um, it's not scary, but in a sense of it is. But it's 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 how I've felt before, yeah. in a sense of having to deal with certain things like environment from home and stuff. And I've been guilty of this in the past of compressing that down into a ball, keeping it in the back of my mind, and forgetting about it. It's you know putting the brave face that sort of thing, and. Yeah. Even today, it's it's something that I'm learning to you know talk about more in my close circle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got I'm lucky to have Kaylee to mm-hmm. chat to with that sense, and it's it's something I'd be guilty of, but it's something I'm working towards. So, what would your message be, Paul, to someone who is suppressing them thoughts, and you know, is there something they can do? Well, you know, first, obviously, it depends on on the individual individual circumstances, and I would just say to to those people, like, it's okay. Like, everyone is having, or if they're not having, they've been through it, and where they where they're doing that. Uh, I don't think, you know, I, I very highly doubt there's a there's a man that that doesn't repress 
um, his feelings to some to a person. Like you know, if we were conscious of our feelings all the time. We'd end up going insane. But um, <laughs> but I, like I would say that you know it's okay. You know it's normal. It's it and it's acceptable. Like that's you know I, I I've started looking at it in a way that to deny all those things, all those feelings. You know, we're denying who we are as a person. Yeah, that's a very good point. And very good point. You know, one of the other messages that everyone's sharing at the minute is be yourself. You know, don't let anyone sort of tell you how to be otherwise when, you know, a, a lot of these messages are coming from people who have no idea who they are. Yeah, it's so fucking true. I draw it. That's very prevalent in the likes of social media and stuff. And, and you know how I know that is because I've been one of those people. Yeah. But yeah. And I was that person for most of my life. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it's I'm the, the click person, moment. I'm the person that I'm supposed to be preaching at. So I would say, you know, it's okay. Um, and I want to ask you a question actually, based on what you've just said. Is, you know, you mentioned there that you know you've got uh, you know got good support circle around you. You're starting to sort of you know open up and talk more in that, and and you've you've obviously got Kaylee to to bounce um, your thoughts and feelings off. How many people in your you know in your circle? How many males are you comfortable with having you know this conversation with? If the opportunity came. Um then probably one or two. But to, to that very good point, I don't think there is. Um, I might need to change. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, my best friend of, what, maybe 14 years, I only had a, I, had, I would say we had our first conversation in November just gone. Wow. How nuts that? That, you know. Wow. Like, we've been best mates for that long and, and really we've only actually had a deep conversation about how we feel in November just gone Jesus Christ and even though you know it's, 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 it's like I can you know preach the messages that I'm trying to get out but putting them into, into reality is so difficult and that, that's something else I'd like to remind anyone listening is that don't don't feel bad if you're finding it difficult. If you're finding it hard, it's because it is hard. It's because throughout our entire lives as men, we've been conditioned to think the complete opposite. You know, so just being able to go, you know, and it's always normally behind something else. You know, it's going for a pint or, you know. Um, it's you always going to be disguised. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, it shouldn't be and it should just be a case of you know like i need to talk <laughs> like wow it's, it's just black just black and white yeah um and the, you know i imagine you know if there's, there's there's lads listening going yeah i don't think i've ever sent that message to another bloke to be to be honest like i don't think in terms of talk about my um mental health and obviously my environment i don't think i've up before so this is actually a really good wake up call for me yeah and as you know, well as hopefully good. others yeah it's, it's facing the reality and and being okay with that reality you know um, instead of continually to deny it and and refusing to accept that there may be problems 
like we've been taught to all our life. You know, we have. <laughs> you know, if, if you if someone's listening, thinking that's no, not me, like you, it, this is exactly that you're the ex- you're the person that I'm talking to right now. Um, you refusing to acknowledge that there's some problems is is the problem. Yeah, no, absolutely, and hopefully that's a that'll be a catalyst for people to actually, you know, do something or speak yeah. up or just like you said there in your social circle find a male or female who yeah i mean you know, you know, will listen you know it's it, uh, i find it much easier to talk to women um because you know it's more it's much more comfortable like let's you face know, it they're better listeners <laughs> uh, so i find I, i've definitely found it much more more comfortable to talk to women over the past few years you know and i i'm i'm saying this from you know that i only had a conversation with my my best mate in in November just gone, you know, but I've been on my own personal journey for the last four years now. It's taken me, you know, what, three years, nearly four years to then bring up that conversation after I've done all this work, you know, Uh, it's it's crazy that it's taken, you know, that long and putting all those practices in to, to actually get to that final point. How did you feel when you told them? Um, I felt, I felt quite relaxed, but but also you know sort of um, there was there was definitely some some levels of anxiety and anticipation and apprehension there that mm. it was like oh because it was so new it's like what I wonder how how he responds to you know to these things and um, and it and it was really good because he he also shared how he was feeling um, which yeah. was which was fantastic you know. And it was one of those those things like where now I'm thinking, what, why on earth did it take us that long to have a conversation like that? Yeah. What and you know, in in this example, there was there was personal um, circumstances going on, but it was like, why is it taking something else as well? That, that conversation may have even taken longer to have if something wasn't going on behind scenes. But it is because obviously it's the whole male concept, isn't it? I bet uh, he might have shared it with like I don't know some a female close to him or some like someone. But Maybe. it's that whole. Or well, not it's, at it's, all. Yeah, or not at all, which is even scarier. Yeah. Um. So even men or women, uh, yeah, men and women listen to this. I think it goes both ways. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It, it goes both um, ways. Obviously, because. <clears throat> Uh, we're both men, so we're, we're talking about men's mental health. Um, you know, it, it's not exclusive to, to, to men. There, is, there are so many uh, um, female mental health um, issues. And what, what, what I, think I find like our problem is, is when we say, uh, you know, men's mental health uh, and we say, you know, it's a really big problem. Women then support that. Women then turn around and, and sympathise and empathise and, and are, are with us on it. And then when women say, well, there's this problem for us, we go, yeah, but men's mental health. We, we um, automatically yeah. defend ourselves rather than just support them. Like, they didn't ask uh, for, for anything but support. Yeah, and when we, right. did it, we, we didn't say, uh, we, you know, we didn't put out and go, Men's mental health is a problem, blah, blah, blah. 
and so is women's too. We just said men's mental health is a problem. And then they went, yeah, we know we're here. And when they do it, we go, no, I'm gone. We're, we're more, most more important. And I know that's like, that's, um, that's generalizing. And there will be a lot of people, um, or I assume, you know, I shouldn't assume, but I do assume that there'll be a lot of people going, hang on a minute and get on the defensive straight away just from me saying that. Yeah. And I know that because I've done that as well in the past. I've been that person who has spoke up and defended it. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? And and it's not the point. You know, we're missing so many points because all we're doing is we're trying to defend ourselves at all costs from anything. And it's mm. and it's and it's killing us. It's literally killing us that we're trying to defend ourselves from any type of emotional strain when what we need to do is feel it and, and talk about it and, and give it its time. That's that's so true. Even even sharing this like the other day, like I, I put a post about us to, to speaking about mm. like men's mental health and stuff. And I actually felt the need to say, you know, men and women will benefit mm-hmm. from this. It's not yeah. just, you know, it's not just men's mental health that mm. it's a problem. Yeah. And I was like, why did I have a disclaimer that? Why is that a thought? Yeah. Because there will be cool. someone who will turn around and go, well, what about women's mental health? Yeah. I'm like, you're missing the whole point. Yeah. Um, 70, 75% of all UK suicides are men. Yeah, absolutely. But did you also know that actually more women attempt suicide than men? Men wow. just, yeah. So um, men just generally use more violent methods um, in their attempts, so the more successful are uh, are killing themselves. Where actually, the the rate of uh, suicide attempts is actually higher in women. So it just goes to show that you know we can read between the lines to get the information that we want. And I only know that from following uh, and educating myself on the other side of it as well. Yeah. Wow, that's I, I actually didn't know that. That's that. That's that's. Yeah. Quite mad, Anna. Um, it's quite sad though to think, like like you said there. Obviously, what what I said about the obviously the male suicides and stuff is someone someone will take that the other way and be like, oh yeah, there's more there's more male suicides. That means that this is more the problem. Yeah. Whereas no, it's still a fucking problem both ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not just a care of more men. It's 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 a competition. Basically, it's, it's like top trumps. It is, yeah. and this this is what's so painful today. Is yeah, it's the it's probably the best time to speak about mental health, like in history. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. But it's like a game top trumps between everyone. It's like you know we we'll speak up now about mental health, and someone else will be like, oh yeah, but this is yeah, yeah. it. They'll try to try and beat it. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? They'll try and like get one over. Yeah, and it and it and it's sad and and. I, me personally, in my, in my in my own personal belief, and this is by no means, um, you know, me saying this is how it is. I personally think it all stems back down from um, from our poor mental health and the way we're conditioned to, you know, everything that we we spoke about so far so far on the podcast, all these things um, that we're conditioned to think, so, you know, the language that we we use and taught. Um, I think our well, as men, the way we're conditioned and, and, and brought up 
contributes to all of those problems. Yeah. And a lot of those problems um, that exist would would be not solved, but would be made so much better by men talking and feeling, <laughs> you know, and just feeling their emotions and. Um, and you know that's, that's my own personal view based on my own my own opinions, and, and I'm not saying that they're you know the right or the true or whatever. And that's just how how I feel about it all. But even just having that conversation, you know, yeah. you know, and I'm I'm open to being wrong. Like that's cool. Like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Cool. You know, you're not you're not losing out. You know, my my mommy saying that you're not losing out on me being wrong. So, you know, yeah, exactly. I- I think many people need to hear it as well. Do you know what I mean? I think many people need to hear it. Even all the points that we're saying now, I hope even if one person listens to this and go, oh my God, like a light bulb yeah. moment. I hope, it, I hope, I really hope it does. Um, and I want to move on to, because obviously we're, you know, you're, you're a PT and, yeah. you know, it's, it's a look on your Instagram page. You're in good, you're in decent nick, you're in decent condition. Um, you done a photo shoot, yeah. Done a which few, looked yeah. insane, by the way. It looked incredible. Um, I also seen like a few fucking like nude shots, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. fucking like of your ass or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All about that. Um, just you know, it, and that's just amazing. You know, that's just amazing. me now being actually you know comfortable in in my own skin and and actually just expressing myself. Like I that that, that nude one that I done. Um, uh, like I'd done like half the new shoot and that was the most fun I'd had out of any of the ones that I'd done like I had such a laugh doing it um and I that's when I felt my best um oh my God, I like that you know that is good that's so good to hear and you're in fucking insane condition and I'm fucking jealous <laughs> <laughs> do you get any uh, any DM, DMs after uh I'm not I'm not disclosing that information <laughs> No, but you know, on a serious, on a serious point to that, like, um, you know, a few years ago, um, you know, I didn't look far off um, how I look then. Obviously, in my photo shoots, I've got professional lighting. Um, in all but those nude ones, I, I've got a tan on to you know highlight you know definition. I I dieted for you know x amount of weeks to to get into into that shape. Um, but you know, my starting point, if you like, I was still in really good, really good shape. A few years ago, I probably wasn't much different. Probably got bigger legs. That's about it. Um, but I was so unhappy with how I looked. And if you if you just see you know if you see a picture if you if I showing you a picture of how I looked, you'd be like, are you fucking insane? Because I looked great. Like me now would say that I looked great then. Me then felt awful. Yeah. No. I. I I agree. Um, I think it's the whole. It's like a snapshot in reality. People yeah. see that and go, oh, "Fucking, I must be made up. You must mm. feel good. You must, you know, he looks good, so he must feel good." Yeah. Whereas, when no, when when you diet down to that extreme, like I've, I mean, not to that extent, I didn't look that good, and um, better than <laughs> me anyway. But I dieted down for a holiday, and you know, got abs, looked quite jacked. You know, all veins started popping out. Yeah. I was like, at the time, I was like, this looks amazing, but I am fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, I'm one of those 
fortunate people that, um, and I'm, I'm sure you know more about it than I do from the nutritional um, perspective, uh, but like my, you know, my calorie intake's really high and I maintain my weight on really high calories and, you know, I lose weight on really high calories and, and, um, and I find it very easy to get lean and stay lean. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm one of those assholes. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, my, my, my main point that I can tell anyone and, and I, I tell all my clients is that, you know, there's not much difference in, in my physique. I looked amazing and I felt awful. Then, you know, and I wouldn't have dreamt of doing a photo shoot then um, at that point. And only, you know, years later, um, I actually done some, you know, internal work and, you know, mindset work and focused on me. And that's when I felt comfortable. That's when I felt good. I still looked good. Yeah, great. You know, I looked in, you know, I was in great shape, whatever. Um, but that wasn't the reason that I felt like I looked good, you know? Like, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't how I looked that made me feel like I looked good. It was how I thought that made me feel like I looked good. Yeah. No, I think it's many, many mistakes as well when you do get that lean. Um, it's yeah. what's happening in the mind as well. But in, in, in that sense, like moving on to hold the whole fitness uh, fitness yeah. side, um, what what does what does training mean for you from a mental health perspective? Um, so for me, it is it's something that I really enjoy, and from a mental health perspective. Um, not much actually, funnily enough. Um, so, uh, which is quite surprising. And I was quite surprised when I actually figured it out. Like, um, you know, apart from the, the indirect effects of, of how exercise makes you feel, you know, physically, you mm. know, my, my sort of mental, um, you know, from a men mental side of things, you know, I don't actually gain that much, that much benefits from, for my mental health from, from training, you know, like directly. I obviously yeah. I do on a on a chemical level. It makes me feel good and whatever. But from a like, um, from my point of view, like I don't feel like I need to train to be happy. Respect. And I and I used to feel that. I used to feel that um, massively. And you know, and it and I've actually you know tried to make that my reality because I don't want to be dependent on, you know, on anything like, you know, I was, I was dependent on, uh, on, on alcohol and, you know, I, I haven't mentioned this up to this point, but, you know, um, I, I gambled quite a lot in those days as well. Um, but, you know, fitness, um, you know, people can be addicted to fitness and, and, you know, they can use fitness as a, as an escape from reality and a, um, yeah, and, and like it can be used with anything like work you work too much like and i i just didn't want and i don't want to to have that thing that i need to do to be happy you know like it's a very good point it's like something you want to do rather than need to yeah absolutely and and and, and for me and it, and it might just be for me personally as an individual I, I feel i very much feel the distinction between those things i want to train because i enjoy it but I don't want to need it, you know, like, yeah, which is, which is, you know, <laughs> wrap your head around that one. But, um, it's just a, it's a concept. Like I would hate to, 
turn transition to something that is unhealthy for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I get the angle and it's a good point. It's, you know, it, if someone's relying on that as a crutch, you know, as soon as like something like lockdown comes and they can't train yeah. and they can't have that escapism, you know, it's, it's, that's where it's, it starts being a detriment for them. Um, but in a sense of just got some like closing questions here. Um, how far off do you think totally removing the stigma behind men talking to other men is? Um, well, <laughs> I would like to end quite positively, so... <laughs> um, yeah, we'll end positively, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> um, but, no, in all seriousness, I think we're a very long way off. Um, and I think that because, uh, you know, the likes of, of me and you, we are coaches and we filter our lives... You know, we yeah. you know, we don't follow, you know, bullshit on social media. We don't get consumed by, you know, utter shit. You know, if anything, you know, and you call it out quite a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I do enjoy it. We're not putting that in our face. Um, mm. And and I think for, you know, the, the general population, they are, the, you know, the consumer and all that. And... A lot of the people who need to hear this are not going to are not going to be listening because they don't follow it. Uh, yeah, no, so, I, I get it. You know, bigger picture wise, I think for most people, um, you know, we've made we made big big inroads over the last few years, uh, but you know, we're talking it. We're in the decades at least. Yeah, but in in a sense of uh, it is probably the best time. It, it sounds strange saying this and it's context dependent, but it's the best time to suffer with mental health, if that makes sense. I know what you mean, like, yeah. It's it's the best time because there's loads of, like, there's so much available. There's different numbers you can call. There's people yeah. you can talk to. Zoom, you know, seeing people's faces. And it, it's, it ties in perfectly with, obviously, COVID and stuff. It's, you know, it should be physical distancing, not social distancing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... Um, and my hope is that it all carries on after after COVID, that people don't lose this sense of um, gratitude for yeah for everything, and and we don't go back to the normal that we had, and that what that what I mean by that is the distractions, and like right now mental health is a big thing because the nation is going through it, and you know it's, yeah. Everyone has at least one reason to be suffering with the mental health, and it's called lockdown. And, right. And, and and I feel like that is going to be people's excuse afterwards that it was just lockdown, and I don't need to change anything now. Everything's gone back to normal, and I really hope that people look a bit further inside and and deal with things that that they may have realised over over this lockdown period. No, I agree. And even there's even some habits I've picked up that I intend to keep the same that impacts positively on on my mental health. Um, so I've got, I've got two more two more questions for yeah. you. One's not related to this whatsoever, and the other is. I'll start with the random one though. I've seen a, a post where you're wearing a Krispy Kreme top and eating a donut. So, what's your okay. favorite Krispy Kreme donut? <laughs> oh, um, believe it or not. Um... 
Uh, I've got two, but I'm... I'm Are you going to say plain, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be honest. It's original glazed. <laughs> okay, bold. <laughs> bold. Yeah. And num- what's number two? You got two of you? Yeah, so... Um, and then it would be Lotus uh, Biscoff. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Fair play. I, I almost don't count the original glaze because it's not like a special one. It's not like a, it's not got a filling or anything. So I feel like I can exclude it and have it as my uh, sort of dirty, <laughs> dirty uh, little secret type thing. I love the Reese's one. Probably the Reese's and the Lotus Biscoff are my two. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I love um, them all, to be honest, but. Oh, they're, they're great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next one before we close up is what's two things you do every day that positively impacts your mental health? Okay. Um, ooh, so, um, one probably the main probably the main one is I reframe or correct my thoughts. Okay. So what I mean by that is. Uh, and how I think about it in my head. So, you, you know, you, you'll have heard them like, you know, positive affirmations. Um, and I think they're so fantastic. Um, but, you know, for positive affirmations can be done kind of just on their own, like that one sentence. You can just say that and repeat that. Um, for me, it's it's reframing what what it, what the negative sentence was, if you like, to the to the affirmation. To the positive affirmation so what i do is in my head i've got like a like a blackboard like you know in school which yeah. when i have negative and positive and basically i have a tally system where i have to have more tallies on the positive side than the negative side so every time i have a sort of negative thought or you know comment or something in my head about me or or someone else I have to counter it with one or two positive ones. Okay. Uh, so repeating that, you know, over over years and years and years, it's actually changed what my original thought would be. That's quite um, that's quite like stoic in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm all about I'm all about the stoics. I mean, I, I think a lot of the things, a lot of stoicism can be misinterpreted and. As being um, emotionless. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's that's not what it's about one bit. Um, but like I, I just I don't like to have you know that attachment to you know be like, oh, I'm being stoic, I'm just being me. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's um, being Paul. So and then one of the, the other things that I probably do every day is generally speaking, walk. Yeah, I agree. I've seen I think I think I've seen sometimes on Instagram doing you do what I do like you, you walk and talk at the same time. Yeah, I haven't done it for so long because in November I done a, a challenge for charity for Mind and uh, me and my friend Tom Ogden uh, we walked we walked a million steps each. Holy shit! In the month of November, and at the end of that, I think it was like three quarters of the way through. We walked from Anfield to the Etihad and back in 26 hours, and you know, it, just in one go. Like, oh, uh, I, I think we covered 90 miles and about 175,000 steps in just that in that 
that 26 hours. And like my <laughs> my toenails are still discolored today. Um, and it, it put me off. Um, I only actually done my, uh, so I've been working with other people, but I only, I only actually done my first like individual walk on my own uh, about two weeks ago since then, because I was almost like, you know, I just wasn't mentally prepared because I was doing like five and a half hours walking every day. Yeah. And I'd go out for, you know, I felt like if I went out for like an hour walk, which is, you know, a good walk, I wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. And I was so mad and it's taken me quite a while, longer than I thought, to actually just get over that and start walking again. Fair enough. And if anyone listened to this, you know, listen to that then. You know, don't feel so bad in doing your 10,000 steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so walking and, and like reframing thoughts are probably my biggest two. Epic one. Brilliant. So, Paul, do you have, do you have any closing statements or closing thoughts? Um, I would probably say to everyone out there that it's okay to talk. Um, it's probably the biggest, the biggest point. Um, and you know, leading on from that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. But but when's when's enough enough is what I would add to that um, yeah. to that sentence. You know, it is okay to not be okay, but at some point. You've got to be okay again and you've got to put the work into getting back there and it's not just going to 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 solve itself and i really wish it would you know i really wish it did um we've got to take action towards that it, it will not change by itself and it's okay to have help along that, that way it, it, in fact it's necessary to have help along that way um and you should not be ashamed for for reaching out and, and asking for it and for you know men in particular i would say just think about it you know i would i wouldn't yeah. say do anything i would just say just start thinking about it please no it's a very good point and it's a very good one to close on as well um so thank you for for, for summarizing that um so Paul, where can we where can we find more of, of you and all of your mindset quotes and all of your posts? But where can we find you more? Um, I am on um, main method of social media. I use Instagram, and by default, you know, I just because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little bit lazy. I just tick the Facebook thing that shares it to both. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm not as active on Facebook, so. Instagram at uh, probpt uh, is where you'll find more about me. Um, and then, yeah, that, that, that's, that's basically where I'm at. Um, awesome. Awesome. And I'll, I'll, put, I'll put all the necessary links in the show notes. So I might put a link of the, uh, the, the nude post in question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> so listen, Paul, it's been... It's been brilliant and thank you as yeah. well for obviously coming on after the therapy session um absolutely mate it's been it's, you I, know, it's been fantastic you know i really feel um you know very privileged that, that you've asked me on and you know and and very hopeful that you've asked me on as well you know as a as a bloke actually yeah. trying to you know breach these these conversations and these topics and and put them out there and discuss is like you know 
it's just fantastic to see that there's there's people willing to uh, to do that. So thank you very much. My pleasure, man. And Joe, you know it goes up to saying you're the only guest and the only podcast where A have been speechless and two, it's sort of not not exposed, but made me think a lot about when I'm going to go off air now and yeah, you know, et al. And it's going to make me think a lot more. So for that, I thank you. I'm glad. You're very welcome. All right. So, ladies and gents, thanks for listening. And Paul, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it a lot.